Not the first, not the second, but the third Frankenstein is haunted by the ghost of Frankenstein. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. The last thing I expected was an actual apparition of <laughs> Mr. Frankenstein. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll get into it, Alex. I, yeah, that is a fascination of mine, is the different ways this movie is the ghost of Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, but welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of Monster Podcasting Airwaves. We are discussing the ghost of Frankenstein this week, and with me, are the highly breakable chains themselves, Alex. And I'm joined by the chloroformed Igor, Eric. <laughs> chloroformed Igor. Oh, man, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere, Alex. <laughs> You're dangerous, but asleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, hey, here at the top of the show, Alex, I just wanted to say uh, thank you again to all of our listeners that have been with us as we transition into this new series thank you also to our bargain base mites we don't say it enough but we are very appreciative of all of our bargain base mites Um, we just had uh, our friend john become an executive producer which is awesome thank you john um, for becoming an executive producer Uh, We're going to have to do some producer meetings soon because we have a cool schedule lined up, Alex. Um, We've just been mapping it out uh, kind of the rest of the year almost. It it feels like the majority of the year. And Mm -hmm. we are going to take a break in our uh, Universal Monster Series to do the Jurassic Park series. And that's going to start at the beginning of May and lead right up into Jurassic World Dominion, which I know you're excited about. Oh, yeah. I'm so pumped. I can't wait. I've I've been wanting to do a Jurassic Park series since we started the podcast. And the good thing is, we're not straying away from Universal. It's still a Universal series. It's just another (laughs) movie. (laughs) Very true. Uh, My wife and I have been watching Parks and Rec, Alex. Mm. And... The start of, of those discs are exactly the same start as our Universal Monster discs. You know, they have the yes. Universal theme. And I'm like, I just get so confused. I'm like, man, is this all the same universe? Might as well be. It probably <laughs> is. I, I, thought I, heard, I heard Leslie Nope has a cameo in uh, The Invisible Agent. <laughs> well, we'll find out next week. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, but again, thank you everyone that has just stuck with us and is just continuing to to support us um really like you all deserve specific uh thank you and i think we should do that over the next couple of weeks alex so i just want to say thank you to um some of our earliest patrons we had kyo toshi who we'll hear from later on we've got my brother brett and we've got Ken Bockelman. Mm. All three of you have been huge supporters of the show. And honestly, it wouldn't be the same show. We'd probably 
wouldn't have a show anymore if it wasn't for listeners and supporters like you. So thank you, Joey, Brett, Ken. We'll get to the the rest in the in the coming weeks. Mm, yeah. Hey, it's just a big a big thank you. A warm hug to you and yours. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking of nice warm hugs, Alex, maybe we should get into the ghost of Frankenstein. Yes. Speaking of <laughs> <laughs> The Universal Monster universe contains multiple monsters, but the one that has had the most continuity so far is Frankenstein, with the original, Bride, Son of, and now Ghost of. But to start things off, does Frankenstein's ghost make the most of its posts as a Frankenstein movie, Alex? Mm, I mean, I think they might have made the most of a movie called Ghost of Frankenstein. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of wondering how Ghost would play into the film. You know, we talked about how Son of kind of had multiple layers mm-hmm. uh, in its name, and so did Bride. Um, yep. But I didn't expect it to be at one point so literal, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe almost literal, or whatever it was that happened when the ghost of Frankenstein showed up. I don't know if that was him thinking about his father after reading its journal. An actual ghost? Who knows? But <laughs> And while I'm not quite sure about that, uh, the movie moves... I don't think it moves quickly enough uh, for a movie that's just an hour long. I do feel like it meanders just a bit. But that being said, I do like this, this movie goes places that I do not expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what are your general feelings on the movie? Yeah, I... I have my reservations. I, I don't know if we'll agree on our specific reservations this week. Actually, though, Alex, I, I thought the first 45 minutes of this movie moved at a really good pace. I was I was with it and really kind of enjoying it. I mean, we did have that stock footage flashback, <laughs> yes. which pretty much felt like it was just shoehorned in in order to show us Lon Chaney Jr. as the new monster, right, yes. at the end. <laughs> Like, 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 oh yeah, no, this was a, this was the original one. Just yeah, this so you is know. exact. This is the same one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's how it felt. Exactly. Um, but you know, the ghost of Frankenstein, as you mentioned, can actually still be taken in multiple different ways. You know, figuratively, the second Frankenstein brother here with Ludwig is haunted by the mistakes that of his family's past. Right. More literally, Frankenstein, the monster is revived from almost certain death. And even more literally, as you mentioned, (laughs) the head of the father, Dr. Frankenstein, speaks to his son. Um, So we've got multiple things going on here. The only question left, though, is how this Frankenstein will continue to haunt. You're right, though, in some senses. I was surprised at the direction of this film that this film took. I wasn't expecting an ethical deep dive into mind uploading in the Ghost of Fra- oh, Ghost of Frankenstein. Alex, did you? No, no, that was that was uh, definitely one of the more interesting surprises of the film. <laughs> it felt know? that felt like a thirteenth floor episode right there. It uh, did it something did. with mind uploading. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely did. It's definitely something we've talked about before on there. Um, uh, so yeah, that's definitely one of the more interesting surprises of the film. You know, tackling the ethics of. Not only mind uploading, but the ethics of killing the monster. Um, you know, they, they're going to have to kill it by dissection. You know, kill it the way that it was created. It was just kind of interesting. But the the ethics, I feel like, that were raised 
are very quickly discarded when they realize that, oh, I could save my friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, even though it could be argued that maybe um, that, that's a fair trade, you know, the murderer's life in exchange for the murdered. Mm-hmm. That's probably a, maybe a fair exchange. <laughs> um, I didn't expect depth from this film, you know, as I probably should have, though. You know, we've had some pretty interesting questions asked throughout the Frankenstein series. Uh-huh. And it, because, so I was pleasantly surprised when those questions were raised. Um, even if we didn't quite settle them like I thought it was about to. Right. Yeah. Um, but that, that's okay. You know, we don't have to hit every nail on the head. Now, I do have a few gripes that I do want to get out of the way because I do have some uh, praise I want to give the film, but I just can't help myself. Uh, there's some massive, massive logic gaps in this film um, that only exist really, I feel like, to wrap up the story <laughs> as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, for example... Like, why the heck did the monster kidnap the girl and then Dr. Frankenstein keep it, the girl at his house for two weeks? Yeah, that made no sense. Uh, <laughs> what? I didn't get it. I didn't get it either. <laughs> why did he do that? He could have delivered her back and avoided this whole thing. No idea. And then we get <laughs> Bomer uh-huh. using Igor instead of his friend's brain in order to further science, like his scientific achievement. Why, why would Igor's brain instead of his friends lessen, like change the effectiveness of the achievement at all? Well, I think the idea is the idea that Igor was, was trying to convey to him was that I will kill Dr. Frankenstein and you'll be left to reap the rewards of this accomplishment, right? Um, you will uh, be my ally, and you will gain acclaim by having done a successful experiment while your protege now, who is getting all this acclaim, will be hmm. dead. Interesting. But maybe, yeah, maybe that's I still disagree case. with how the film handles that, handles that, but I'll say that in a second. Continue, Alex. Yeah, that that might be a good point, you know, because I was wondering, like, what could Eeyore do over the friend? But, (laughs) okay, interesting. Uh And so, what's also weird is when they do lock up Igor, then they let him loose while they're Mm. doing the science experiments. Like, he's just wandering the science lab, like this untrustworthy villain. Oh, yeah, he's the villain, right? He he is the true villain of the (laughs) film. They got him, (laughs) looks like, locked up. And then he just walks out, and then they open the last door open for him. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. come on in. We don't trust you, but <laughs> okay, whatever. So there's some weird stuff there, and and then we actually don't get a clear idea. And I don't, I don't know if they're trying to set up a sequel or something, but we don't get a clear idea of the fate of Doctor Frankenstein. Um, I mean, we can assume. I mean, it's easy to assume, but. He's fine. We see him. We don't really see the fire approaching him. Uh, and he's just kind of ignored while we get to watch the big guy melt away. And then his, what is she, his, sister, his daughter? Daughter, yeah. <laughs> his daughter escapes, doesn't ask any questions about her dad. Oh, yeah. Takes the inspector's hand, and they walk off literally into the sunset. Yeah. 
mm. with with like romantic music playing. Like, what happened? Oh yeah, <laughs> in this movie, like we have so many massive plot threads that are just like make no sense, but. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you, actually, 100%. Do, do they, so they do ring true for you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Now, I, I do think the pace, again, the pacing works for me because we get the monster so quick in this film. You know, last week we complained that we didn't get enough Wolfman. Here, it's five minutes into the, the film, and we're already getting Frankenstein's monster, and he plays a major role throughout. Hmm. So I was interested uh, in that. And we did get some interesting camera work that plays up the horror angle of the monster. Despite the fact that, once again, the monster doesn't aggressively attack anyone that doesn't come after him. And still, just like we've seen in the previous films, likes to make friends with children. He's childlike himself, and so he likes to make friends and and help children. Um, I love the idea of a Frankenstein monster trial. Um, I wish that would have played more into the film, actually. And I also like the idea of our central character of Ludwig Frankenstein. Um, This character, the second brother who wants nothing to do with his family, um, Mm. who's, who's a respectable man. He's made a name of, of himself in this new town, a town that doesn't recognize the name of Frankenstein as pure horror. In a sense, he does succumb a bit to the trappings of his father and brother. Um, He does believe in his own power probably too much but the redeeming quality about him is that he doesn't fully commit to it and he Mm. does want to find a humane way to deal with the monster i think you can argue whether or not it's humane at all what they're what they're attempting it it sounds pretty horrific if you ask me um but there is that humanity to him which i liked i'm i'm with you though to to circle back to dr Mm. bomer I didn't like how predictable the plot became as we started to reach the end because we knew Dr. Bomer was going to betray Frankenstein. It was too obvious. And so I kept on holding out hope that maybe Dr. Bomer would turn a corner. And just when we thought he was going to help out Igor, because Igor's explanation, while yes, I, I, I kind of gave you a semi explanation for it. It still doesn't make much sense. Like why would you trust Igor? Right. Um, well, it's not just, I mean, you're, I, I agree with you, but I was just thinking like another thing, like, and he, he couldn't have foreseen this, right? Yeah. But Dr. Frankenstein gives him praise, gives Bomer praise. Uh-huh. And it, in, in Bomer is like a little shocked and he steps back. But then when he leaves, he kind of gives that little like dark little smile, right? That little yeah. like, ha ha ha. Um, and then he's totally down for that. Like I was hoping he would maybe try to step in and realize his error. Me too. Me too. I, I was hoping there'd be a moment of redemption for him, but that was not to be Alex. <laughs> 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 uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you a couple other things to address a couple of your points. Um, yeah, that ending, that ending was something. Uh, and it's one of my major complaints. It's just the fact that, Honestly, parts of this movie just feel shoehorned in. Um, We don't need parts of this movie for this specific story. There's absolutely no reason that Elsa Frankenstein needs to be in this movie, if I'm being frank. And I think it's actually demeaning (laughs) in a sense that she does nothing, right? She does nothing. And once again, this movie handles her 
with kitty gloves, which seems to be a trend in some of these older horror movies and their approach towards women, right? It's like, mm. why, like, why are we handling these things with kitty gloves? Why are we shoehorning in um, a romance? We don't need any sort of romance here. We aren't invested in these characters. And so when the ending comes and it feels incredibly rushed, I know you felt that way last week more than I did, but here, this one definitely felt rushed. Um, we get a good conclusion, I guess, for the monster, though I wouldn't say really, <laughs> right? Um, that monster's still alive, I'm sure. Uh, but we get an ending for the characters that we aren't invested in, Elsa and Eric. <laughs> we can yeah. only assume what happens to Ludwig because nobody, as you said, asks any questions about it. <laughs> it, it all happens too quickly to comprehend. We needed more time as Igor's Frankenstein as well because there was a lot more you could have play, played with with that angle. Which I got to say, though, there. All right. So I, I said earlier that I was going to give some nice like surprises for this. Uh-huh. Um, that I that, that really did. They did. They caught me off guard. You know, the, the whole point of the word surprise is that they caught me <laughs> off guard. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that I really liked about that solidified why Bomer was not as good and playing second fiddle to Frankenstein, you know, the reason he felt inadequate. Well, it turns out he actually is inadequate. Mm-hmm. You know, Bomer failed oh, yeah. to account for different aspects of the human body when he used Igor's brain, especially blood type, which I thought was really a great solution to this problem of the unstoppable Igor monster. Uh, you know, it was a very War of the Worlds-like solution. Um, something very simple has been overlooked by the villain. And I really like that aspect mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and then, you know, I did enjoy Igor, even though he is pretty inconsistent throughout the film, I kind of feel like, in terms of his motivations or maybe his... <laughs> Just general disposition. But then I did enjoy Igor being the hype man for the monster. There's one mm-hmm. time he's like, Frankenstein, Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> he cheers him to go into Dr. Frankenstein. I just oh, yeah. It. Like, he's just cheering him on. <laughs> and then the monster being um, awoken is some really cool uses of pra- practical effects. You know, they're mm. blowing up the building in really mm-hmm. cool ways. I love the way that he's like, brought out of the dried sulfur just very cool little moments in the film that that opening is great and just seeing igor sitting on top of the dried sulfur like kind of mourning his friend was just really cool and the death scene with the monster mm. you know even though i don't feel like we got to spill it spend enough time with igor's monster I did like the melting face and it felt like a definitive way to kill the monster now did they? Uh, we'll see. Yeah. But I did like the way that it felt. I don't know where where this sort of continuity would go, Alex, after here, to be honest. So either. it did feel a little bit more definitive um, than, than what we've seen in the past. I, I thought it, I thought it was pretty definitive the last couple of I did times too. too so. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I mean, when you fall into like a, a pit of lava, it feels pretty definitive, but... <laughs> Here we are. Um, Here we are. Yeah, and I don't, but the reason it feels more definitive here is I don't think you're bringing back Igor as 
the Frankenstein's as Frankenstein's monster, no. right? Mm. So that that would be weird, uh, and I hope that wouldn't be the case, right? That's a nice little gimmick, I guess, for the end of this movie, but not for the long run, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also got to say that. I, I didn't like Lon Chaney Jr. as much as Boris Kar- Karloff, but I think he gives a fine performance as, as the yeah. monster here. He definitely has the presence for it. Um, and you can tell that he has, has studied Karloff's uh, movements, right? And, yes. and, and the way that he's handled that character in the past. And so it feels pretty natural for him to step into that role. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I think he does a great job. Cool. Well, this week on MVM Plus, Alex, it's not Marvel versus men. It's men versus the Batman. Uh, we have our full review. Last week, Alex gave us a little preview. This week, we have our full review of the Batman. Of course, those reviews on MVM Plus are a lot less formal because we're so formal here, Alex. <laughs> uh, I got my tuxedo t-shirt on and everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're a little less uh, formal, a little bit more off the cuff. Um, we go in different directions, but we still have things like our awards. Um, we still kind of rate our films. We have our back and forth a little bit. We get into the characters. So that's going to be a great review over on Patreon. So you can listen to that MVM Plus and all of our MVM Plus archive over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. Uh, but next up, Alex, we've got a rotating segment getting cultured with Kyo-e。みんなの大好きな怪獣映画の中で今まで気がつかなかった日本の文化や歴史についてまあなんじゃいましょう。絶対楽しいよ。エリックとアレックスがいろいろ教えてくれるよ。I wonder if her intro still lines up with this series. That <laughs> works. I think it works. It's just, yeah. it's fun. <laughs> I, from everything I can understand, yeah, it's close. Uh, I think it's fine. <laughs> so, Kyoe says, and this is feedback from last week's Wolfman um, that I appreciated. She says, hi guys, just some notes on the Wolfman. The script had a lot more in it implied or otherwise about Larry Talbot's existing dark nature. Basically, he had anger and aggression issues that resulted in incidents that got him sent away from the family home. Hmm. There's a scene partially filmed but not used where he wrestles a bear in the gypsy camp and kicks its butt in a horrifying nature. Amazing. You can see a quick shot of him post-bear butt-kicking in the trailer for the movie. All of these made him a less sympathetic character, so they were left out. And also, maybe they couldn't get the bear to wrestle. It kept running off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That actually addresses some of the things that I was saying, though, last week, Alex, about how it felt like we needed a bit more of a psychological angle for uh, Larry Talbot's character. However, last week, I did come around to the fact that we didn't really see that dark side um, to me. He does come across as creepy, um, and, and Kyoe continues, I found Larry Talbot to be an unsympathetic character. He's creepy and stalkerly and comes off to me as an entitled, rich, frat boy. Mm, Fair. Yeah. Uh, I've never been a fan of Chaney Jr.'s acting, very wooden and unconvincing. Plus, he was not, shall we say, a very nice person in real life. 
Of course, his father in the film was both the Invisible Man and the Phantom of the Opera, as was his real dad. <laughs> uh, and they, they're both on the top tier of the creepy stalker list, so I guess it's to be expected. <laughs> Loves Claude Rains and Maria Ospensakaya, and Lugosi is brilliant as always. That guy never phoned in a performance, so true. Would have loved to have seen Una O'Connor in the Maleva role, though. Oh, no, Absolutely. we don't want to ruin the movie. Come on. <laughs> and I know she just did that to jab at me. <laughs> Miss, missing some Una O'Connor. Uh, but I think those are valid points. Thinking back to last week, um, I am not as hard on uh, Cheney Jr.'s acting here. Uh, I, 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 I do see how he can come across as wooden and unconvincing. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, and I don't know much about – I haven't looked into his personal life, to be fair. So I don't know anything about that. But um, I do think as he starts to descend into that werewolf character, that part is pretty convincing to me. I think he does a really good job there. Um, but – and I said last week, even without that psychological dimension, there's something about that, that how the film plays with the black and the white. It doesn't show us those gray areas explicitly that actually ended up working for me. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you. I actually liked Cheney's acting, even if he was a little creepy in the beginning. But I, he sold me on the rest of it. And I thought he was fine here. I, I didn't have a problem with him. He didn't, in I didn't Ghost see of him be like, I, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't feel like he was out of place in his role. So I, I don't have any complaints yet, but I might get there. And I make a... I tried to make a point to not look into any of these actors' <laughs> past or directors because if most we did, podcasts, most most podcasts explicitly try to do their research. We explicitly try not to do our research. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That way, I can go in fresh. You know, like, if I was out, if I was out here looking up the past, I, I'm sure we wouldn't have done a uh, well, not the past, but if I was judging them on the past and using that, we wouldn't have done a Godzilla series for sure. Mm. <laughs> we would never tackle the Honda movie. <laughs> Probably. Right? Yeah. So, no, uh, I mean, yeah, I think there's something to be said about that balance. I, I've looked a little bit more into these movies. Um, it's just easier to access here. And, and there's just more written about these true. movies than there were about lots of the monster movies we've, we've covered. So I've, I've done a little bit, but it, I can, tell you it's very minimal <laughs> I, I i'm sure there is and i feel mm-hmm. ignorant for even asking i just turned the microphone on there i hope it didn't sound weird um but i might be some ignorant asking this but there must be like a really great book on these movies oh yeah there's there are um, several yeah there are several and i'm definitely interested in reading one um, Oh yeah for sure because i want to dig into this and kind of i actually want to read about some of the ones we're not covering because honestly I got this completionist itch, and it's I just whew, I kind of want to scratch it. <laughs> I got that. I get that. Yeah, honestly, if you have a recommendation, I I've checked out a couple from the library. They're okay. It seems like a lot of them regurgitate information, um, oh. and they feel very almost textbooky, you know. Um, but if any listener has a recommendation for a great book for universal monsters please send us your recommendation nvmpod at gmail.com um we'd love a great book recommendation for universal monsters yeah for sure 
Cool. Well, let's move into our awards then, Alex. Starting with compelling character award, who'd you have? Yeah, so I probably I probably have a, the dark horse uh, of this one. I'm gonna go with um, Doctor Theodore Bomer. Um, I think he was compelling because I can I actually like kind of where they're coming from. You know, this master that's been surpassed by his apprentice and is resentful because of it. You know, usually when we see this happen, it's more of like a, in a mentor type role. So you mm-hmm. kind of, you know, you're, 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 they're happy, right? They're glad that they were able to ex- have somebody excel. But in this case, he's resentful for it. And I really like that it leads him down the stark path. Even if the path doesn't quite make a lot of sense, I'm still glad that they kind of went that way. Yeah. Bomer would have been more interesting to me if he had that moment of turnaround, if there was a bit more complexity there, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I can see a case being made for him. My most compelling character this time around is Igor. Um, yeah. I like the fact that Igor tries to sell himself. Um, he wants this, <laughs> yeah. this eternal life. He wants to become one with um, Frankenstein's monster. Not in that way. Yeah, <laughs> not in, not in that way. You mean not in the Dragon Ball Z fusion way? No, we're talking oh, about yeah. uh, we're talking about brain transfer way, Alex. Um, yeah, Igor is the villain of this movie. There's there's no doubt about that, and he's always scheming. Though I I just don't think ultimately. He's looking out for his friend whenever he wishes to uh, transfer his own brain, right? Um, mm, I don't know. Seems like something the friend would do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not leaving my brain uh, f- out for you to access, Alex. Let's just say that. It's all right. You won't have an option. <laughs> <laughs> what about your most memorable <laughs> line award? Um, yeah, I got to give it to Igor. He has some pretty good go. lines in this one. Um, (laughs) when he's like trying to convince, uh, Dr. Frankenstein, I think, I think he's, yeah, he's trying to convince Dr. Frankenstein to put his brain in in the monster's body and he walks up to him and he puts on this like pouty face. I feel like he's like, Dr. Igor, or sorry, Dr. Igor body is no good. It's neck is broken, crippled and distorted. Lame and sick from the bullets that your brother fired into me. He <laughs> like, just felt like he was like, you know, the dog making the, the sad face while he like trying to really like wax poetic about why <laughs> all his misfortunes that he has all brought on himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, to continue along that same vein, Alex, uh, I have an Igor line as well that... Mm. Um, just cue more violins, Alex. <laughs> uh, it's after it, someone says, you know, you may die in this process. It may not work. And Igor says, better death than a life like this. Right? Oh, yeah. He says that after he, uh, and he also has a line, something like, uh, you know, he's kind of, he, he's already pictured everlasting life and he can't go on without, you know. Oh, right. Like that. So, I mean, uh, that, I just find it interesting. Better death than a life like this. Yes. Uh, interesting. I I don't agree with that sentiment. I, I feel I feel bad for Igor in a sense. Not 
by the fact that like he has this crippled body, but that he just has come to this point in his own existence that he would rather die than continue living. Right. Um, but yeah, it does go on a bit too much. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It does. Uh, can't believe the acting award. Who'd you have? I gotta give it to Bella Lugosi. Mm. <laughs> True. As Igor. Um, I really do think, I think Lugosi does a really great job um, here as the character. I, at first, when I first saw the character from like a distance, I was wondering if he was playing him because I overlooked it during the credits. I didn't see mm-hmm. who was playing who. Um, and so I was wondering if he was playing him. And sure enough, he, he did. Now, I think he hammed it up a lot more. Uh, this time around, which is why I gotta give him his props, especially when the monster gets the electrical shock after he's mm-hmm. been released from the sulfur, and Lugosi hams it up with like a shocking reaction to it that made me laugh, um, whether it was intended to or not. Yeah. And I actually think he does a pretty good job being like that sly, creepy thing that he is. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's a great performance. Um, Kyo, I mentioned it that Lugosi doesn't phone in a performance, so uh, I, I I'm with you there. My my can't believe the acting award actually goes to Cedric Hardwick as Ludwig Frankenstein. Mm. We saw Hardwick actually in The Invisible Man Returns, if you remember, Alex, as the villain there. Oh yeah. Um, but here, I, I think he he conveys some nuance in, in his character um, in a subtle way. I mean, it's not so subtle when the head of his father comes and visits him, but, <laughs> but <Yes>. his reactions, despite that fact are a bit more subtle. Um, and I, I do think he gives a strong performance. Agreed. Agreed. I think he does a wonderful job. What about your, Oh, that's a good shot award. Mine is uh, the child's point of view view of the monster. Um, we've got that camera tilted upward, and we see from her standpoint the monster looking down at her. Yeah, that was very clever. I, I really liked that they did that, and it just the monster filled the frame, and that angle was so intimidating, and yet it wasn't particularly scary from her point of view. It was huge. Uh, but at, at no point was I ever intimidated by Frankenstein himself. It was more the shadows later on that became menacing, I thought, Alex. Mm. Yeah, which actually ties into my, oh, that's a good shadow word. And that's when um, Franken, or the, the monster is outside the window. There's a flash of lightning. It's kind of like a classic horror movie type deal. Uh-huh. But the monster's outside and um, Elsa is inside. And we see his shadow kind of looming. And it's, it's just a really cool horror moment that is very soon punctuated with Bela Lugosi's Igor popping over his shoulder in what is like more of a comedic shot. And mm. kind of ruins it, but <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, why are you there? 
Yeah, like they've got the slow arm of the monster like going towards the window, and then he just pops up, and it's just like <laughs> such a goofy moment. Instead, it is goofy. It's like when Igor pops through the wall in Son of Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, all right, our unique awards, Alex. I'll, I'll start us off. Mine is the I should have just been a therapist award, mm. um, and that goes to Doctor Kettering. Um, poor Doctor mm. Kettering gets murdered uh, by the monster trying to actually help Dr. Frankenstein. But also, Dr. Kettering, bless his heart, tried to console uh, Dr. Bomer and tried to talk him out of his sort of resentment that he's had building over these years and talk it through with him. And Dr. Bomer was just having none of it. So I like to think that in in another life, maybe he would have chosen to just been a therapist instead of a doomed scientist, Alex. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How about you? <laughs> uh, I had the, the flung like a pillow award. Uh, and this goes to the guy that tried to stop Frankenstein from carrying the girl across that little like <laughs> bridge like area between the houses. Oh yeah. He just hits them and he just flies away. Uh-huh. And not only that, people talk a lot about him like he's a pillow because uh, they just don't ever talk about him again. Um like no one's concerned about him when he gets knocked off. They only are worried about the girl. <laughs> Even though that man just got straight up murdered oh, in front of him. <laughs> and like we we see the guy that got knocked down the stairs again. But we don't see the guy that got flung again. And so that poor man, he was forgotten as quickly as Dr. Frankenstein was by his own daughter in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And I mean, apparently both of them died. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get pushed once. That's how it works in a Frankenstein film. Get mm-hmm. pushed once, dies. <laughs> yep. He did. He died. Or at the very least. Someone, maybe, maybe he's just still laying there with both of his legs broken. But <laughs> he still lays there till this day. Yep. Um, yeah. Living on right. rainwater. <laughs> uh, you know what, Alex, real quick? Another bonus award, cre- creepiest part of the movie award. Mm. It's got to be that weird clown balloon ball thing. Oh, yeah. That thing that, is interesting. That uh, she carries around with. I don't even. I'm like, I don't know what that thing is. Like, I'm not quite. It's almost like a balloon. It's almost um, a balloon. It's kind of like a ball. It's attached to a string, and it's got a clown's face on it. Mm, right? Yeah, it does. I just don't know what it is. It, it was very strange. Man, we're really needing needing help from our listeners today. So let us know if you know maybe, what that maybe is. Maybe they go in depth on the, the whatever book they recommend to us. Maybe they go in depth on this uh, clown ball. On the clown balloon ball. All right, Alex. Let's get into our final thoughts and tiered rating. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah, I'll go ahead. All right, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, for me, this one is a camera tier. Um, There's enough in it that I really enjoyed. I didn't see where this film was going, which again, I know I've said it before, but anytime I can not guess where a movie is going... um, or it does some unexpected things. I really appreciate it. Uh, and my, really my biggest gripes against this movie is that a lot of it just doesn't make sense. Like it, it feels like there's just parts of this movie cut out and 
all in the name of expediency to wrap this movie up. Um, so, I mean, we've got some pretty big issues there, but really the performances are good. The story is fine. I like where it goes, but at the end of the day, it doesn't quite land. And so this is like a mid-tier gamma probably for me. Um, I won't be re- revisiting this one probably for a while. <laughs> no, this is going to be a lower tier gamma for me. Close, to, I'm probably close to that gamma tier, honestly, as I reflect on it more. There are interesting ideas that I think we see, especially in the beginning of the film, uh, that I wish the film would have leaned into more. Um, uh, it's probably it's not gab it's not close to it's it's mid low gamma because I do like parts of it <laughs> as I'm convincing myself higher <laughs> here on the show out <laughs> there are parts of, I actually really do think the first thirty minutes of the film are pretty good um, I like the fact that we get the monster so early and often I like the trial scene uh, and the breakout the, mm. the effects are cool um, the music again works in in this film. Uh, lots of cool shots, lots of interesting cinematography. So yeah, there are elements that I appreciate, but then there are also just these tropes that feel shoehorned in. Like we mentioned, we don't need a romance, right? Um, Mm -hmm. we don't need these, these things that we've seen that just become par for the course in in these movies that we, we don't need. It's okay to, to take that away. It's not serving the story. We'd lose nothing if you removed it. So just remove it. Give us a 50-minute film. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll watch it. That is that is my my primary gripe. But, yeah, I think this is a mid to, to lower mid gamma tier film for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Next week, Alex, we've got The Invisible Agent. Um, I have no idea what this one will be okay. about. I, I, I don't either. It sounds like a fun spy movie with some comedic elements, but we'll see if I'm right about that or not. Uh, yeah, um, that's that was leading into my rhyme, Alex, which is, oh. will the invisible agent be about a spy that we can't see or just about a real estate, real estate guy? Um, <laughs> Who we still can't see. <laughs> I thought you disconnected for a second. No, I just <laughs> I wanted something more clever. Oh wow! And all, right. all I could think of was spy and real estate guy. So hopefully we get one of those two next week, Alex. Yeah, I'm wondering if in the Invisible Agent, if there's some dogs that catch its scent, or if at the end we'll be wondering what it all meant. Ooh. Nice. That was off the top of my head. Hey, that you know what? You're, man, putting me in a shame this week. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. Uh, we want to hear from you, as we mentioned multiple times in this episode. You can send us your thoughts at nvmpod at gmail.com or go to nvmpod.com to leave us your feedback. Uh, you can also put my rhymes to shame there as well. Send us your thoughts and we'll read them on the show. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pot. You can become a bargain base mite at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And this week, 
a man versus Batman review. And if you can't help monetarily at this time, a review on your favorite podcasting platforms always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Subblock B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't forget to return your neighbor's daughter for two weeks. And try to stay alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Yeah, Chris. Chris mentioned that those were just getting creepier and creepier, and I and I have to agree, Alex. <laughs> I didn't. Mean, it was supposed to be. Did he say that? Did he say that they were getting creepier? <laughs> no, he he mentioned sometime uh, that it, it, one of yours was was kind of creepy sounding. <laughs> yeah, some uh, of them were intended to. That one wasn't meant to. <laughs> oh. But here we are. <laughs> I tried to make a point to not look into any of these actors' past or directors because if most we did, podcasts, most most podcasts explicitly try to do their research. We explicitly try not to do our research. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs>